Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, great to be joined by David Julich today from Chicago in the United States. Julich, great to see you, but more importantly, how are you? Good to see you, mate. Um, I'm doing all right. I mean, yeah, considering the circumstances, I'm all right. Uh, um, we've been isolated here for over three weeks, so it's become uh, pretty much the norm. Uh, and, and obviously, there's a lot of people that uh, are in um, worse situations, and, you know, I think so. Generally, I'm doing okay. How are you going over there? Yeah, it's an interesting scenario. I think we're slightly uh, in a better position than the States, which is positive, but it's been a couple of weeks now of isolation. Sport now fully stopped. And look at up the sport. We're trying to still provide a bit of cheer, mate. We're trying to still provide some people with football, which we're not getting. Um, yeah. And stories like yourselves to, to, to keep people ticking over. So, you know what? I want to hear all about how you were going before this all hit. And... Uh, Tell everyone at home what's been going on in your world as you moved and made that big move over to Major League Soccer to Chicago Fire. Um, yeah. Just first of all, what's been the way the club and the league have adapted and reacted to this whole situation? Because we were slow here in Australia. We watched the Premier League and things in Europe keep postponing. How did you, how did you guys go? I thought the MLS and, and our club were outstanding in the way that they um, reacted, especially in hindsight, seeing now how everything has evolved. Um, I think it was not easy to make a hard decision early because information was coming out. No one knew what's going on. You're watching things overseas and, and whatever. Um, but the MLS and our club, obviously, the link between the MLS and all the clubs is very, very strong. So it's very unified and one message came out. And that happened with us very early on. Um, you know, the first, I think, contact was be prepared. There might be a suspension of training and, and coming up. And that happened very soon after. Uh, and that was very early on in the piece. So it was done. Initially, they said uh, we're suspending training for a week. And then obviously, as the news um, was panning out and more information was coming out, that extended into another week and then now the end of April and, and who will see, oh, we'll have to wait and see what happens after that. But the messaging, excellent. Our club has been outstanding in the way that they've um, spoken to us, keep informing us through the MLS and obviously through the club as well, just uh, informing us, um, giving a, you know, trying to keep everyone motivated and trying to keep everyone informed. And, and um, I think that's been a big, big plus in being here in, during this time. And what do you do now? Are you, uh, is it virtual trainings like like this interview? Is it um, yeah. Pilates sessions with everyone together? Is it is it making sure everyone checking in with everyone every day? Uh, mental health an issue as well. How's that been sorted out? Because everyone's kind of improvising this for the first time. Yeah, and I guess we're no different. I think it gives you the ability to be creative, and that's certainly what we've done. I'm sure many other sporting and not only sporting but other uh, businesses and and um, uh, and just to, in society in general have to be creative in the way that they contact with each other. We're no different. So we've been um, 
we've been trying to keep uh, as much of a uh, schedule for the guys as possible. Um, and obviously within this new environment. So this has become the norm. Um, these video conferencing uh, chats, we have uh, regular meetings with the staff um, pretty much every weekday. Uh, and with the players, we set a lot of different um, uh, training tasks. So they've got a training program that they do regardless. Uh, and a lot of that is you, whether it be indoor, but we're also allowed to go outside and train on their own. So they do that. Um, it's not always easy, but we're trying to keep them uh, motivated, trying to keep them uh, stimulated and also giving them different tasks uh, with regards to football. So whether it be analysing um, our own philosophy, working on that, opposition, whatever we can think of to keep that football element element in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned Pilates, but we haven't done Pilates yet, but we've done yoga. And that was really interesting. We actually had someone from, from the UK who was, uh, again, uh, through, through Zoom, uh, created this virtual um, room, if you like, and we were all doing coaching staff uh, and players alike. We're all involved in a yoga session. So we're trying to do creative things like that, nutritional stuff. Um, Anything we can possibly do to just try and keep the guys connected and mentally stimulated, uh, which is not always easy. Who would have thought? Unbelievable times the, these yeah. are. Um, yeah, well, what would I do at the virtual Pilates? It's, you do classes there and you, you're, you're just following a phone. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yes. more, more importantly, I want to know how you, what a fantastic moment in your career moving to Major League Soccer is taking on an assistance role. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you ended up here. We'll talk about where you were in a little while, but um, how have you ended up in the United States? Well, it came out of the blue, I'll tell you that. So obviously, firstly, going to, to Leipzig was, was, was a big move um, initially after going back to Australia after a career in, in Europe and then uh, spending a um, good part of 10 years back in Sydney, uh, then moving to Leipzig. But um, the three years, almost three years I was in Leipzig, um, I still had another year and a half uh, to go on my contract at Leipzig. Um, but this came out of the blue, like I mentioned, and um, it came through a contact of mine, um, an ex-player, uh, teammate of mine, uh, Sebastian Pelzer. Um, he just signed on as technical director under the sporting director, who was also uh, brand new in um, Georg Heights. And through both of them, uh, the contact was initially made. Um, they first hired... Uh, the head coach, Raphael uh, Vicky, who knew um, Georg, uh, the sport director, and then it basically snowballed from there. Uh, the whole coaching staff pretty much is new, didn't know each other, came from all different parts. Uh, Georg and Sebastian were both implemented and hired very late in the piece, just before pre-season. So they had a big task of not only bringing this coaching staff together, but also a lot of the playing staff because we had a big turnover. And it's worked out um, fantastic. I mean, the, the, the coaching staff has gelled together straight away, despite the fact we didn't know each other. And the playing staff has really um, bought into all this new energy and new dynamics. So it's been a fantastic experience. Um, and coming to Chicago, a city I didn't really know too well. Obviously, I knew all the big sporting um, teams from here, especially in basketball and um, um, baseball. So... To come here in this city that's a very big sporting city um, and to join this club that has big, big promise and big potential was, was just amazing. And like I said, out of the blue, but certainly landed in the right spot. 
So if we can rewind to what life was like before this, um, what is the MLS like? What are your first impressions? You've got some great benchmarks to compare it to, obviously, with Germany, but also the one that, that Wes always talked to you about here is how we stack up. Um, what have you observed so far in your experiences? I think the league, the MLS league, is um, um, really come a long way. I mean, it's from the outside, you hear, obviously, you see a lot of big marquees. Well, they, keep, they call them DPs here. Um, you hear a lot about them, the David Beckhams and the like. Um, but the actual league, the infrastructure, stadiums, the, uh, the setup behind, the actual clubs, the way the clubs are structured and the infrastructure and the investment going into clubs, um, it's just been outstanding and uh, it's, it's way, way ahead, ahead of the A-League. Um, unfortunately for the A-League um, to hear that, but it's, it's way, way ahead and it's only getting bigger and bigger. Obviously, this has put a um, bit of a stop to everything, uh, but that's not just here in the MLS, but also in, in, in the world society and economy. So we'll see what happens after that. But in general, MLS has been fantastic. Um, uh, I think... The progress it's making, the, the, the ambition, the vision from what I've picked up only being here a few months um, certainly certainly puts it as one of the fastest growing leagues in the world. Um, so, so, yeah, really privileged to be here, especially in Chicago as well. Um, great club, a lot of vision behind this club, a lot of planning. Um, and our owner has been fantastic in his vision trying to to put Chicago really up there and try and get it, get Chicago up there um, as one of the top teams in the MLS. And the progress so far has been great. Any lessons? I always like to have a look at leagues that we kind of sometimes put us in the same bucket as here in Australia and go, well, if they are advanced, are there actual proper observations that people like yourself go there that can actually glean that, that we're not doing right here? Something, you know, not as simple as, well, more money? Yeah, well, the money's always going to be a factor no matter where you are. But there's, you're right, there's underlying, um, uh, there's a lot of underlying points that need to be addressed as well. Um, you know, I think we've had a lot of times money in the game in Australia, but that still hasn't worked out. Um, so from what I see here and what I've picked up here is that there's a, there's a real unity. So you've got the MLS... And then you've got the clubs and all the owners, but there's a real unity in the decision-making and the way that everything is rolled out. And that unity is, is lacking and has been lacking for a long time in Australia. And you can just see now with this, with what's happening now in comparison to what's happening here in the MLS, uh, whereas the unity doesn't seem to be there in Australia. So it's a real tough job. So hopefully at the back end, um, I hope, despite all the challenges in Australia, that everybody tries to work together and and... Uh, work on these challenges and come out the end in a, in a unified way. Um, that's definitely one of the positives here. Obviously, in America, a lot more money, a lot of investment, um, but that investment seems to be going in the right areas. And that's another thing, making sure everything comes together um, to benefit the game in the end. It's the game that has to be um, the focus. And sometimes in Australia, that's not the case. Indeed, well said. Um, now, you mentioned... New coaching staff, almost like walking into a new team yourself, new players. Um, what's it been like taking on a new role, essentially? Not only a new club, not only a new country, but a senior assistant as opposed to being in sort of those, those, um, those youth ranks that you came from. How have you adapted to that? What's your role 
look like at the moment and, and how does that fit in with, um, you know, the dynamic of, of working with new people for the first time? Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing is the actual uh, Leipzig experience and why I actually went there was to learn and to learn from um, mentors and people who have been uh, rolling out a philosophy, a very successful philosophy for 30 years. And obviously you see with, with Red Bull, the whole network, how very successful it is, uh, especially in Leipzig and Salzburg. So the learning of that in the academy and youth ranks is, is basically where, where it starts by not only trying to invest in youth development, but also trainer uh, coaching development. So the learning that I, that I experienced there and the knowledge that I, that I um, experienced there was just has set me up for a role like this. Um, and coming here now, all of that is able to, to come out. So yes, I am working with seniors, but uh, as a player, I was always around this environment. So it's, quite, it's, it's, it's just normal for me to come into a professional environment. But the actual knowledge, the coaching processes, um, not just the philosophy from Leipzig, because every, everywhere you go is going to be different um, philosophy and different um, ways of playing football. But the actual coaching processes, the actual way of um, rolling all that out, the structure and, and that knowledge is what benefits me here. So being around the, the pros and being around that uh, professional environment is basically like coming back home. <laughs> it's basically refreshing being around um, professional players, professional staff, professional club. Um, but without that knowledge that I learned for the last three years would have been a very, very different experience. So now I'm just relishing that. Um, and like I said, joining all these new new coaching um, people from different backgrounds and bringing all of our knowledge together has been a really um, refreshing experience. So I've been loving it. It's been um, just a shame that it's been a halt um, after just just arriving. But uh, we've also had a, uh, we've taken this opportunity going back on the point of what I've been doing for the players. Also for the staff, we've taken the opportunity to really get to know each other even better and, and, and try and work on our philosophy uh, from Raphael as, as the head to, to work on exactly what we're doing, seeing what's worked, using this time to, to refine everything that we probably didn't have time to work on because we had so much to cover in the initial stages. Now we've been able to spend that time um, uh, working on our processes and our philosophy and how we're rolling it out. Um, so probably very beneficial to use this time in that way. Well, who is Zrila, the coach? Is it, is it part of uh, the Leipzig philosophy lessons, part uh, globe trotting in your playing career, part bit of time at Sydney FC, part media pundit? Uh, who's, who's Zrila, the coach? It's good that you summed it up like that because I think it's, uh, it's, it's all of that. Um, and I think that's the important part because the, I think to be a better coach, you have to draw on all the experiences. And, and um, the, another, another reason why I left uh, Australia to go to Leipzig was that, uh, you know, I was, I was at Sydney FC and I could see uh, I was in the youth there as well. I was working with Robbie Stanton who, you know, it was great working with him and he has a very clear vision of what he wants to do. Then watching also Arnie working at Sydney FC, very successful and knowing Arnie for a long time, seeing how he's evolved as a coach from being assistant coach, then head coach at Socceroos going to Sydney FC, well, Mariners, Sydney FC. And now seeing how he evolved and learning a lot from just watching him, 
but also knowing um, in Europe, it's totally different again. So knowing Ralph Rannick and having gone to Ralph Rannick and, um, and spent three weeks on a study visit, I knew that there's so much more to learn. So I had to experience that to add to the knowledge of me being a player, me being a pundit, which is also, you know, all these different voices coming from all uh, corners of the world, um, interviewing different people. For me at SBS at the time, sitting next to Foz, who also has a, has a very um, um, interesting football brain and, and, and a very strong, strong views and, and knowledgeable person. Uh, talking to many different people and you know Bridgie's there as well uh, working at, at, at Optus and and so it's you know so you learn a lot about team you learn, learn a lot about banter then yeah the banter side of it definitely uh, Bridgie <laughs> offered a lot of that but obviously obviously I've, I've worked um, with Optus um, as well so there's a lot of there's a lot of different um, dynamics and different different ways to learn and I think the best way is just to bring that all together and obviously then use my personality um, and you know, because I started off my coaching career coaching you. <laughs> You've come a long way. I think I've come a long way because <laughs> I think it was more of the, I don't know what you, you could probably better describe what it was back then, but I, whatever it was, it was, it's very different now. So, um, but that was very enjoyable in, it, in its own way. So coming full circle now, using all of that to bring it all together to whatever uh, it is um, today. Yeah, beautiful. Who, who are your role models? You mentioned a lot of people there and you probably touched on them, but I guess is there, is there someone or something that really flicked a switch in you um, that made you, you go, when I coach one day, that's, that's what I want to, that, that's really what I want to role model. Well, Ralph Randick is my uh, mentor because he, he has basically um, proven over the last 30 years that you can have success over a long period of time. Def many different clubs, many different um, roles because he was not only a, it wasn't only a coach, he's also been a sporting director, um, going from sporting director into the coaching role and always been successful no matter what he's done. That's a lot of pressure, especially when you're in the Red Bull network and you yeah. built it up, they now expect um, success. But my first interaction with, with him was actually as a co uh, uh, he was my coach when I went to SSV Um, uh, which was at that time in the second Bundesliga. And his, and that's when he was starting out as a coach. So his, his belief that uh, SSV Um was going to go up to the Bundesliga straight away was unbelievable because I was like, that's not possible. But in his, just his belief was just unbelievable, you know? So, um, there was no doubt in his mind. So, and they had they'd just come up from the third division to the second division when I joined in the second division. And then we went straight to the first division. So, he was he was um, just that belief in his in his eyes and everything he did was just uh, quite uh, had a big impact on me. And then obviously as a, as a coach um, going there and then seeing him rolling out and helping the coaches and developing the coaches like myself uh, and there's many of them. Just, just was an inspiration to me. So as a mentor, definitely, definitely watching what he's done and what he's rolled out for many, many years has been inspirational. Uh, inspirational, and that's also why I decided to 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 follow that path and follow um, that knowledge train and 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 try and get educated. Um, so definitely, you know, as a mentor, he's been uh, top of the list. For the uninitiated in Australia, can you explain what a um, what a senior and influential figure he's been almost not just on German football, but 
actually probably European football too. Well, most people know, you know, talk about pressing now and, and would refer to Klopp and obviously Radnik as well. Everyone knows his philosophy, but there's a lot of, a lot of these guys um, uh, and Klopp is probably the, um, the highest profile one. Um, but all this pressing and counter-pressing, that's all come, come from, from Randnick. And Randnick started that many, many years ago back in Ulm. And that's, that's when it all started. So that's where, that's, that's where Ulm, that year when, when he coached um, uh, and I joined was the year when he exploded. Um, and then, you know, became known for, for this pressing, counter-pressing philosophy. Um, high, uh, you know, high uh, intensity uh, forward defending and, and a very aggressive approach to, to pressing. So, and then there's a lot of coaches that have followed that. And then if you if you follow the likes of Klopp, of uh, Tuchel, of um, Nagelsmann, um, all of these guys, uh, their roots come from the philosophy that Ralph built. So that's why behind that, uh, with his mentor of, of, of many, many years, Hel- Helmut Gross is now retired. Um, that was that was sort of um, being built for a long, long time. So I got to see it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. See it right at the start and probably profit from it as a player. Um, but now I'm also, um, you know, learning learning as a coach. And, and also the good thing that he did at Leipzig was um, he built this whole network of mentors, like I, like I mentioned. There was many, many of them helping the coaches, uh, many tutorials. So it was like, a, like an education, like, a, like going to university in football. And there was like every day you're doing something different. You're coming together with, co- with co- all the different coaches, um, with the mentors, uh, seeing over tutorials, seeing over lectures, seeing over whatever we can do to to to, to question. And it's not like a set set way of, of thinking. It's always trying to okay, what can we do better? Mm-hmm. And that kind of mindset is something that um, that you develop only from being pushed and pressured by people like Randy, who only expect the best and 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 want the best. Hey, was there much pressure or resistance to that back in the day? It's fascinating to hear that you were there right at the start of that kind of um, initiative, did the players and German football in general look at him as a bit of a, a maverick? Yeah, at the start it wasn't um, because he's, he's come from the third division to the second division and then, and then um, has implemented this philosophy. And when, when he first started in Ulm in the second league, there was obviously more, more hype around it than, than when he did it in the third division. So, and then as you can imagine in the Bundesliga, exploded even more but in the second division our team um, went went the first um, round uh, pretty much undefeated and then we were first come come Christmas which is when they have the cut and they have the winter break um, and because we did so well uh, you know he went on a, on a show in um, a famous show in, in Germany and 
it was asked about the tactics and he was explaining the tactics and all that. So I don't think people really um, thought much of it at the time. I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe uh, who is this trying to explain tactics in Germany of all places? But as it turned out, it was quite a um, um, revolution and, and many, many teams and many, many coaches adopted that pressing style after that. So, you know, I think he was ahead of his time, uh, definitely, and continues to be that way with the way he evolves and the way he's set up this Red Bull network as well with all the scouting and the way he's, you know, I think he's been linked to places now like AC Milan. He's been linked heavily to AC Milan now. So people have recognised the talent that he has as a sport director and as a coach, um, and that's invaluable. So, yeah, I was, I was just um, um, quite... Uh, privilege to be there at the start and to see it evolve over 30 years. Um, so, well, 20 years. My, my, I'm not that old. <laughs> 20 years. But it's it's been great to see and great to profit from. Before we go into your time and I'll be in a bit more detail, I want to just ask you about the plunge that you took because you were doing so well here, doing great things in the media. Um, you know, you had your foot in the door at Sydney FC too. Um, it, there's a what it takes a bit of conviction to go. I'm going to completely change careers. You're still at football, but you're changing paths. Um, what made you take that that step away from, I guess, a, not a comfort zone, but a, a really good position that you were in? Yeah, if well, anyone that knows me knows that I've always um, jumped in the deep end, and and I, you know, I've I've, I've got this belief um, that. You know, you're not going to grow by being in a comfortable situation. So I always try and, as hard as it is, try and put myself in an uncomfortable situation. But, um, you know, I always wanted to coach. um, And and obviously you were there at the start. That was my first coaching post, coaching um, um, you guys. So it it was interesting how that happened. But also I, I got into TV and then the TV sort of, evolved a lot quicker than the coaching put it that way so then, then it was sort of more of the emphasis was in the in in in, in terms of of uh, being an expert but then also hosting but my my thought was always learn as much as possible and at that time i thought i'm going to actually learn more by analyzing the barcelonas and the real madrids and all the different leagues in the world and being sitting next to um knowledgeable people and and questioning all the, all of this than actually coaching and not doing not doing the media side of it uh it was difficult to do both so i had to sort of pick one and then pick my moment when am i going to get back into coaching so at that time went into the whole media side did a lot of that um and then got into the coaching side in the last five five or six years um again and then and then that sort of evolved with the whole sydney fc um and then the link to to um, Red Bull. To be honest, I didn't think I didn't think and and have a plan of going to go back overseas because I honestly didn't think that was going to be too too easy to do and even possible. So the whole Red Bull evolution and Randnick um, being there gave me a link there. Again, I just wanted to go there and learn more about it uh, and learn what is he doing, how is he doing it all, and then bring it back to Australia in Sydney FC, which I which I did with with Robbie Stanton and trying to to work on it with our Sydney FC youth teams. Um, but in that process, I just got this thirst for, for the knowledge that, well, actually seeing 
how much more detail there is, how much more knowledge there is, and how it's not possible to learn it in Australia. I had to go over there. So I thought, I'm going to ask uh, Ralph Rannick if it's possible, I want to, to, to go over there in any capacity. Um, and then obviously in the months after that, an opportunity came up and, he, and he, he gave me that opportunity and then I took the plunge. So, and that was the best thing I've ever done because I would never have known or would never have seen or never have been aware of the detail and the, just, just, just what, a, what an amazing job he's doing over there and, and what he's created. I wouldn't have had any, any inkling of how um, much, much there is to it if I didn't take that plunge. So it was just one of those feelings. It was jumping in the deep end. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for my family who had just got used to me being back in Australia. It wasn't easy for anyone and took a lot of people by surprise. And like you said, I did have a good job uh, in Australia, uh, both in coaching and in the media. So to, to, to just jump out of all of that and, and go to Leipzig wasn't easy. But like I said, um, that's the only way you're going to grow. And I think it's been the best decision I took. Brilliant. Dave, don't underestimate how much you learn from man managing a bloke throwing goals, balls, into, balls in the back of the net in between the sticks at grassroots level. Oh, you guys, man, you guys. You still remember. One of the one thing I, I could never get my head around was that we worked so hard to get to the finals. And then everybody left the final. <laughs> so that was a bit, that was a bit uh, uh, interesting. But I learned something here as well. Don't worry about that. Grassroots <laughs> football for anyone listening or watching. It's, it's they were good days. They were, they were fun days. They were fun days. Now, from one end of the earth to the other, um, you mentioned the details. You mentioned the, the level. Can you take us to RB Leipzig Club? It's just growing and growing and coming on in leaps and bounds. You've been in there youth system, um, I've, I've, heard, I've heard you talk about the level of detail that no one could possibly imagine. Can you tell us what it's like to work in that environment and what we probably can't even fathom here? Yeah, so when I first went there, um, it, was, it, was, it was a case of obviously, I knew German for my time in, in, in playing in Germany, but, and, and I, what I regarded to be quite fluent, but when you're coaching, especially in the youth side of it, you really need to, to know your stuff to, to be able to then teach it to players all in German. So that was the first challenge is getting my German back up to speed because, you know, the, the, as soon as I arrived, I got like 10 emails in German. I had to respond in German. So I was like, okay, you're here now, get to work kind of thing straight away. So that was very apparent. There was no like, oh, take, take your time to get used to it. No, get into it straight away. Um, so that was the jump in the deep end part. And then obviously learning that in German, but then also learning all of these, um, the detail behind the training sessions, how much thought goes into everything, learning a philosophy that's very, very defined. So I had to get up to speed with all of that. Um, and that's hours and hours of different videos on the, on the philosophy videos in the, in the different formations and different ways of playing, the different um, types of, of um, thought that goes in behind it. Uh, so it took a good, the good part of a year just to get my head around all of that. And then the second year was probably when, okay, okay, now I can really start expressing that uh, and start using it a, a lot more. Um, and that's, so the first year was, I was in the under 17s, the second year I was in the under 19s and the under 19s was um, the second team because they don't, have, they don't have like a second team as it is the under 19s is where the jump is straight into the first team. So 
lot of our players would be training with the first team. So we'd have to manage that as well. And then obviously they are looking, and I spoke about the mentors before, they are critiquing everything you do. What are you doing in training? How did you come to those, um, whatever you've decided to do in training, how did you come to that? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do this? Um, and then, you know, the players, the players that we pick, why did we pick him? Why didn't we pick? So everything is critiqued. Um, and, and that kind of pressure is, is on you all the time. So, you know, you, you think in the, you're in the under 17s in the under 19s and it's, the pressure is very, very strong there to implement the philosophy and to get results. So that, that kind of pressure was something I actually, uh, enjoyed because I think that's the only way you're going to learn is by having that kind of pressure, um, on you. And, and then again, all the detail behind it. So if your processes aren't right, if your structure isn't right, if you haven't um, uh, ticked every box, and that's in many, many different things. Um, so it's not only just put on a session, put on, a, you know, what's your game? It's everything. What's your thought behind the philosophy? What are you doing um, in these tutorials, in these lectures that we do um, constantly? And, and so that, I guess that's the detail that comes behind it. So you need to be... Um, at the top of your game every day. And if you're not, you're going to be questioned, you're going to be critiqued. So I guess getting used to that and the structure behind all of that was the, 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 the biggest thing that I learned. Um, and it's brought me to today where I can't work without having that detail and structure in whatever I do. So I question everything. I try to improve everything and working now in a different environment, trying to bring that into this environment as much as I can in assisting coaching uh, role. Given from where you were, and I mean this question with respect to obviously the comparison, can you give a scale of what the people in our game here, if you're coming through the ranks or even playing first team football, if that's here, where does 17s and 19s and RB Leipzig compare? The 17s and under 19s at Leipzig is a very, it's a very high level because the coaching, I, I think you put it this way, if you're coaching even the A-League in, in some, some, some teams, I don't think there's someone that's looking over your shoulder and critiquing you and every single thing that you do. You're given time and space to do your own thing. We weren't given that. It was very much, but that's, that's how, how I think um, was the best way for me to learn this coaching process and coaching structure and is, is to be knowing that everything I do is going to be scrutinized. Um, so that doesn't always happen in, 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 in professional roles because you're given time, but obviously if the results aren't there, then you're going to, to have a problem in the end. But um, I think that's, that's the biggest different, difference. And also because the philosophy is so defined and so clear from Ralph Rennick and all the mentors who who are, are rolling it out. It's very, very clear what you have to do. And if you don't produce that philosophy, even when you're winning games, if, if, the, if the philosophy is not there, you will be questioned on why it isn't there. Why aren't you doing, what are you doing in training? And, and is that the right way to do it or not? Mm -hmm. So that, that kind of um, level of, of, of uh, precision is, is, is what, makes it a very, very uh, beneficial place to be. So the level that you talk about, the level even in Germany in, in those youth ranks is very, very high. Um, you can't compare it to the youth ranks in Australia because the pressure on all those players because these players are looking for a career as they are in Australia, but 
if you're not, and, the, and it's getting younger and younger. So as a 17-year-old, 18, 19 is already getting too old. If you haven't made it by then or you don't have a chance to get into the professional leagues, whether it be Bundesliga, second league, uh, third league uh, in Germany or some other le- a comparable league in Europe, your chance, your chance of making it becomes very small. So the window is, is getting smaller and smaller for players that are approaching 17, 18, 19. So the pressure's on everybody. And that system there, you feel that pressure on the coaches because also as a coach, if you're not performing, you're out there in the youth ranks. Mm. So, you know, I, I saw coaches getting sacked in, in these positions all around the place in the youth ranks. So the pressure is, pressure is on all the time. So I think that shows you that the level is very, very high there. Does that make Julian Nagelsmann even more a phenomenon? Is he a freak? How has he achieved his success in such a short amount of time? I think he's benefited from being in the youth system and then coming from that youth system into a, a professional role uh, at a time when all of this was started. So you, talk, you, spoke, you spoke about Randnick developing at the right time and, and being ahead of his time. I think Nagelsmann is also ahead of his time in terms of being a young coach with young, new, new ideas and then being able to implement them. And he's been able to do that at Hoffenheim. And now at a very young age, um, you know, he's one of the best coaches in Europe. And now he's at Leipzig and doing great things at Leipzig as well. So um, I think a lot of young coaches, and I don't, look, I don't think all young coaches are going to be able to do that, but he's certainly got an um, uh, extraordinary confidence about him and belief in what he's doing um, that comes out in everything he does. But there's, a, there's also a lot of experienced ex-players that are coming out now. I think the problem with a lot of ex-players was they thought just because I'm an ex-player, I can coach. That's not the way. You have to learn the coaching side, coaching process, um, all of that first. And then combined with your experiences, coaching, media, all of this stuff, mm. then, you, then you have the full package. I hoped to chat to you around a time of... RB Leipzig playing in the Champions League on Optus Sport. They yeah. might do that one day soon. We don't know. We hope we eventually get there. But as a club that you're a part of and you learn so much from, how close, I mean, we know physically how close they are to, to, to Bayern Munich, but, but it really, um, how close they are to, to cracking that next level and, and, and knocking them off their perch. I think they're in the right direction and um, they, you know, Leipzig's just getting stronger and stronger. You can see now they've jumped another level in, in, the, in the Champions League, just knocking out Tottenham. So um, the, the, the club is getting bigger and bigger. They were first in the Bundesliga for a long time this year and now Bayern and, and, and Dortmund are picking up and now it's, it's still a very close race and anything can happen there. Um, so they're just getting stronger and stronger. The philosophy obviously now little bit different again under Nagelsmann. He's got a different, different uh, slant on it. He's got his own ideas. So it's evolving constantly. And I think the, this whole Red Bull group with Salzburg, they've got a club in Brazil, obviously New York as well. So the network is getting stronger. So um, that's going to become more and more powerful. And then you don't be surprised over the next few years to see them regularly up the top in the Bundesliga, but also in the Champions League. So it's a very, very strong network and it's only getting stronger. Yeah, they've been so impressive, and they were so impressive against Tottenham. What a comparison! Yeah. And I love the, uh, the the new kid on the block knocking off the old uh, maestro too, which is too hard to ignore. And um, as we end off, David, it's been great talking to you. I, you know, we wish you all the very best as you begin your MLS journey. But 
Uh, I asked you when you went and you took the plunge to go to coach overseas, you know, you, you knew you would take doing something that you, you wanted to push yourself to. When you have time to think now and you, you dream about what you want to do with your coaching career, um, what do you think about? What, what do you, where do you see yourself down the track and, and what do you aspire to? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one because I, I took this learning uh, journey and I think this is another stepping stone in, in learning, another environment. I think all the different environments, all the different levels, all the different uh, situations I put, my, put myself in just adds to, to, to what I'm able to, to offer. Um, what role that is in the future, um, I haven't really determined that. I mean, where I am now, being here in Chicago, I, like I said, I landed totally um, in the right place. Uh, it's, it's been fantastic here. I'm going to learn a lot here. Um, I didn't think I would be here in the MLS. Um, I read a lot about it. Always had a fascination about the MLS. Doesn't mean I thought I was going to end up here. Um, as much as it was, I was in Germany thinking I'm going to end up maybe in the professional environment in Germany, that was also um, uh, maybe a, maybe a thought, but the licenses at that time didn't even allow me to be a head coach uh, at any level in Germany. That's now changed. So everything evolves. Uh, you can see in society now. Who knows what's going to happen after this? Uh, after we're allowed outside again, normally uh, we'll have to wait and see. But um, I just I just want to enjoy the moment, and when things evolve, I'll I'll know. Um, uh, what to do at that time and like you know me I'm always going to jump in and do something <laughs> that no one expects I don't probably don't even expect it so uh, just wait for the next surprise but um, yeah definitely good chatting with you uh, we started off in daylight but I think it's getting a little bit dark behind me so <laughs> it's a good chat that's for sure no, man, thank you very much for your time. It was good to catch up good to tell your story if there's anything if there's any positive that I'm trying to take out of this time it's it's a great chance to catch up with everyone with no life yeah. to fall on um, and tell all the great Australian football stories that need to, need to be told and, and, and entertain everyone, give everyone a bit of cheer at this time. So, mate, thank you very much for your time and I hope everyone listening or watching or, or well, you won't be reading this, but you know what I mean. Enjoy <laughs> what they read, heard or listened to. I agree, Dave, and great, great talking to you. Great seeing all the, all the stuff you're doing. Top work over there and I agree, great stories coming out of Australia. We have to make sure we're unified. Uh, and try and push our game up to the heights that we all know uh, it can reach. But uh, good speaking to you, Dave, anytime.